Welcome to Life on the Streets. Life. 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 On the Streets. I'm Kayla. And I'm Tiffany. And this is a Trauma-Informed Podcast. So we're here today to talk about a trauma-informed approach. But first, let's get into trauma. So trauma is highly prevalent. It can impact a person at any time during their lifespan and may present as mental health, substance use, or physical health conditions. It results from an event or a series of events or a set of circumstances experienced by an individual as physically or emotionally harmful or life-threatening with lasting adverse effects on the individual's functioning and mental, physical, social, emotional, or spiritual well-being. So a trauma-informed approach, it's a model for organizational change in health, behavioral health, and other settings that promote resilience. So Kayla, can you inform our listeners more on this approach and what it actually means? Yes, I actually can, Tiffany. A trauma-informed approach uses the four R's. It realizes the widespread impact of trauma and understands potential paths for recovery. It also recognizes the signs and symptoms of trauma in clients, families, staff, and others involved with the system. It also responds by fully integrating knowledge about trauma into policies, procedures, and practices. And lastly, it resists re-traumatization Wow, that's amazing. Can you break that down even more for our listeners? Well, this approach recognizes the role trauma plays in their lives of our patients and consumers. It also seeks to shift the focus from what is wrong with you to what do you actually need. So becoming trauma-informed means recognizing that people have many different traumatic experiences which often intersect in their lives. So today we have Sean Williams from Bread for Life Soup Kitchen in Southington and he has been a mentee of mine for the last two and a half years. Hello Sean, welcome. Welcome Sean. I'm so excited that you can do this with us today. I remember you sitting outside of Bread for Life with your brother when I met you and you were very disheveled and a rugged look to you. This is so great that you're here today because you're extremely kind-hearted and overall a great person and very respectful to others and personal space. My hope for this interview is to capture and to tell your story so others can receive a positive outlook. So let's get into it. Sean, can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Hi, my name is Sean Williams. I live in Sunnington, Connecticut, and I met Kayla about two and a half years ago, and I'm 44. So I would like to ask you about your childhood. Who did you grow up with, Sean? I grew up with both parents. Uh, they treated me very good. Um, so sometimes family members, they cheer us on, they support us, and sometimes they criticize us, they put us down. So how would you describe your family dynamics growing up? Did you find them supportive? They were supportive of everything. That's good. And what about siblings? Did you grow up with any siblings? Grew up with an older brother. And how was your relationship with him? Uh, we weren't as close as brothers should be. 
So, Sean, I know that you said that you had a supported family, but you and your brother never got along. So what would you say that your biggest challenges were growing up? My biggest challenge was being overweight. And did you think, like, did anyone make fun of you? Were you bullied? Um, How is life then compared to now? Being overweight, I was bullied just about every single day. By people in high school or middle school, do you know what time of a period that you were bullied? I was bullied the whole time. That's rough. That's definitely rough to um, have people bully you and put you down constantly. And did you ever tell your parents since they were so supportive? Yeah, I told them and uh, got to the point where my father wanted to do something personally, but he never did. So how did you um, get through that? What did you do on your end? I just ignored everybody. So Southington is supposed to be a great education system. Um, How do you feel like the school was supportive academically or behaviorally or emotionally, especially going through that um, bullying time? I have no idea. Do you think they were supportive at all? Did you ever tell any of your teachers? Do you remember any of those instances? They just told me to move on. If you tell someone that, you know, you're being bullied, I think that you should be able to feel comfortable enough to go to someone and be able to receive that support. So I'm sorry to hear that it didn't go. Up in Southington, do you know what grade did you finish? Did you even finish um, high school? Last grade, I completed with 11th. And I heard that you said that you dropped out of your senior year of high school. Do you have a reason why? That was around the, around 98 when my father died. I'm so sorry that, I, that your father passed away at such a young age. Um, that must have been so hard for you and your brother. Was your brother supportive during that time? No. And during that time, um, you said that your family kind of fell apart. Um, Was your mom struggling financially since your father passed? Yeah, she was struggling. I'm so sorry to hear that, Sean. To have to grow up before you're even ready has to be hard. So I know you said you guys moved into an apartment complex. Can you tell me about that? How was that shift? Were you still in Southington at that time or did you guys move out of town? No, we were still in Southampton at that time. Uh, up to the point around 2001, when a family member was accused of something and we got thrown out. I'm so sorry to hear that. So you got accused. So were you living with family at this time in this apartment? I was living with my mother and my oldest brother. And so since uh, that's your family member got excu- um, got accused by doing this um, god-awful crime, do you think that's when your family started going down and you didn't really know what to do? That was the moment that uh, lost, I lost everything. That's when the moment I went into the uh, streets. Where did you go from here after uh, not living in the apartment? Where did you and your mom go? My mom was taken in by cousins, and I went uh, 
in the woods behind uh, a store. By like the bridge area over there? Um, I'm so sorry that you had to go to, what, um, how old were you in 2001, would you say? Mm. You're asking me all these math questions. <laughs> <laughs> that I know. was over 20 years ago, right? Yeah, math isn't our strong suit either since we're social workers. Um, did, when did you start going to Bread for Life? and getting like the resources that you need for food and everything, or did you just kind of uh, vent for yourself at that time? And was your brother with you or? At that point, he was, he, my brother was with me. I was spending for myself and he was doing whatever he does at that point. Okay. So when you feel, when you feel stressed, what do you do to cope? When I feel. And have you found that over the years they've been helpful to you? Have they been able to connect you with other resources? Yeah, definitely. Do you know what resources they use to connect you with? Or um, I know there's community service in town. Um, do you use any like food drive, um, food or um, clothing drives? Like how do you get any of your clothes and stuff? Community service for the clothing and food from uh, Bread for Life. And you get groceries um, every two weeks right from there as well? Yeah. Sounds good. So. More on Bread for Life and what they offer to the community. So I know you said mom passed in 2014. So after mom passed, how did you deal with that? So you've already lost one parent. Now here you are losing another parent. You've experienced a lot of grief. How are you dealing with that? Well, when I lost my mother in 2014, the only two options I had was going back to drinking or just beat it the hard way. And which route did you choose? I beat it the hard way. Okay, in that time, did you find anyone that was supportive of you? Because I don't, your brother, you guys aren't that close. So did you find anyone that was supportive? Is that when you found Bread for Life or when did you find? It was around 2017 when I found a cousin that I thought I would never see again. And how did you find that cousin? Yeah, Bread for Life. That's amazing. <laughs> so not only did Bread for Life provide you resources, they were connecting with family. Are you still in contact it, with that cousin now? Pretty much went full circle. Yeah, uh, go there, over to their, her place every day after the soup kitchen, play video games, watch movies, and just hang out. Most of you guys play video games together. What kind of games do you like? What type of games do I like? To play. Uh, I'm a huge wrestling fan, so the wrestling games, the I love football. And What's I your love favorite football team? Patriots. 
Oh, so you like cheaters. <laughs> yeah, they're not cheaters. Can't help them. They're the best team out there right now. They are really good. Have you always liked the Patriots or are you a bandwagoner? My father raised me as a Patriots fan mm. and he raised my brother as a 49ers fan. What? <laughs> That's definitely two and, opposite teams. And my father never loved football either. No? Wow. Do you watch every game? It's kind of hard to watch every, t- every game when I don't have no TV that actually has channels. Do you go to uh, your cousin's house ever to watch the game? They don't have t- regular TV. Oh, they don't? Uh, everything is through their uh, PlayStations or Xboxes. Mm. So they don't have actual like cable or anything? No. Sean, I'm very impressed that you survived so such difficult circumstances as well as um, caring for others too. Uh, Trauma-informed care allows you to care for yourself while caring for others and I think you did a great job caring for others, um, finding family members and helping your mom through a difficult time as well as going through um, trauma throughout your childhood and being bullied. Um, You have accomplished so much and you have so much strength in you and I hope you continue that and resilience. Oh, now you want me to speak? <laughs> uh, yeah, I've come a long way. I've found some good friends at Bread for Life. Then some that I don't really like. And Kayla... She's helped me too. You've definitely helped me part of this. I'm being your mentee. Um, I love being here for you and being a part of Bread for Life. Um, it's something that will cherish forever in my heart. <laughs> and I recommend that people need to spread the word about Bread for Life. Because there's a lot of people that don't even know about it. Absolutely. Thank you again, Sean. Sean, for those listening, if you could just give one piece of advice to someone who may connect to your story, share similarities, what would you tell them? I would tell them, never give up. I think that's a really good way to end it. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Sean, for taking time out of your day to meet with us. We really appreciate your time and patience and that you shared your story with us as well as our listeners. I look forward to continue working with you as your mentor, but here are some resources not only for you, but also for our listeners on trauma-informed care. It's to help you to care for yourself while caring for others. Founded in 1903, right here, located in New Britain, Connecticut, is Klingberg Family Centers. It's a private nonprofit multi-service agency that provides help to thousands of persons across Connecticut each year. Their goal is to extend hope and healing to children and families whose lives have been traumatized by abuse and neglect or have experienced severe family problems and mental health issues. 
um, through an array of group care, special education, foster care, and community programs. They're so involved in their community, in their schools, in the home, and they offer such a wide range of community services from their office. Also in Hartford, they promote and ensure equality, diversity, and inclusion in all aspects of their work, and they're so committed to helping the community. Not only is Klingberg and Bread for Life resources available for those who've experienced trauma, there's also published by the CDC resources, including Youth Move National, um, which was a guide created in assisting youth in understanding trauma, the National Child Traumatic Stress Network. They strive to improve access to care, treatment, and services for traumatized children and adolescents exposed to traumatic events. Their website has resources dedicated to parents and caregivers. And lastly, the National Alliance on Mental Illness is an advocacy organization dedicated to increasing knowledge about mental health conditions, reducing stigma, and providing support to families and consumers. So here I have some statistics of homelessness across the United States. A total of 500,000 people were experiencing homelessness on a single night in 2018. This number represents 17 out of every 10,000 people in the United States. Most people experiencing homelessness are individuals. That's 67% of America. The remaining 33% are people and families with children. Public policy has put a focus on additional subpopulations. The homeless population is largely male. Among individual adults, 70% are men. White Americans are the largest racial grouping accounting for 49% of those Ameri experiencing homelessness. Maintaining a balance between the macro level and the micro level focus was an, uh, a challenge to overcome to address homelessness and how to focus micro level cases related to and affected by macro level and policy issues, they're imperative. The social work mission is to help people in need and address social problems, to challenge social injustices, respect the dignity and worth of the individual, and recognize the central importance of human rights. Policymakers increasingly recognize the impact of trauma, adverse childhood experience on a lifelong physical, emotional, and social health and are beginning to support the efforts in incorporating trauma-informed care into the health and social service sectors. There are nine trauma-informed states, California, Florida, Illinois, Massachusetts, Missouri, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Washington, and Wisconsin. These states promote a variety of trauma-informed practices, creating a safe and supportive environment. These bills and laws from states across the country address implementing trauma-informed processes within a number of health and social service systems, including healthcare, behavioral health, child welfare, criminal justice, education, and early childhood. We are hoping that policy changes acknowledging the profound effects of trauma, toxic stress, and early advisory provide critical opportunities for upstream prevention, better treatment, and sustained support for individuals and families with history of trauma. Federal and state policymakers can furthermore, um, by supporting the efforts to identifying 
opportunities for collaboration, measure the impact and return of investment for TIC, and to advance delivery systems and payment to reform models, engage families and communities that with lived experience of trauma, invest in upstream prevention. Thank, Thank you, you for, for listening, listening to Life, Life, Life on, on the streets. streets. Again, I'm Kayla. And I'm Tiffany. And, and this, this is, is a Trauma Informed Podcast. Informed podcast.